And if I had one message to women in their midlife is be kind to yourself, prioritize yourself. I know we live with a lot of guilt about insult, like feel, not wanting to feel selfish about taking care of ourselves. Even when I go to Pilates class, and that's just a new thing. I didn't used to really prioritize exercise because I didn't grow up that way. And taking care of myself is so important to me now because my mental health is a top priority. Otherwise, I'm not showing up as my best self in my relationships with my partner, my friendships, so my husband, my kids, and I want to break generational cycles. So telling the truth about how I really feel and how you really feel with love and grace is essential to creating the deep connections you want. Hi, I'm Biz Kush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi, and welcome back to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I'm Elizabeth Cush or Biz Cush, and I'm the host here, and this is my podcast. But before we jump into this episode on energetic alignment, I wanted to share these wise words from fellow wise woman, Kristen Boyce. Hello, my name is Kristen Boyce. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and my podcast is Close the Chapter. And these are really powerful questions. How would you describe a wise woman? Here's how I would describe a wise woman. Fully 100% herself. So she's authentic. She's a truth teller with compassion and grace. She is confident in herself just as she is. She has a growth mindset. She focuses on self-care and taking care of her mental, emotional, and physical and spiritual health. She isn't afraid to say how she really feels. And she has given up many patterns of people-pleasing, seeking acknowledgement and reassurance from other people. She focuses on practicing self-compassion and being present in the moment and really values connection to herself and other people. The top three healing practices that have helped me become the wise woman is EMDR, brain spotting. These are types of trauma treatment modalities used for anxiety, depression, trauma, used for many different things. And I have found the most powerful results with those along with deep hypnosis. And when I say deep hypnosis, it's more of relaxation to access my younger parts. So doing inner child work with those three modalities has been life-changing and transformative. So that would be number one. Number two is traveling and the beach. I absolutely love to travel. 
and really particularly like the ocean. And there I find peace. I find connection to nature. And I find a return back to myself and centeredness and calmness. Number three would be journaling. And that is important because I discover what my truth really is and I get clarity around decision-making and maybe some self-doubt I might be experiencing. So I really find journaling a center back to myself. And I'm going to add on prayer. And I mean prayer in the sense of really accessing my spirit self rather than my ego. And I love what Dr. Wayne Dyer said. Ego stands for edging God out. And it's not necessarily rooted in religion. It's rooted in finding the essence of your soul. And when I connect to the essence of my soul, I feel more at peace. I feel more confident. I feel more compassion, clarity, centeredness, and I'm more regulated in my nervous system. There's so many other ones. So I'm trying to narrow it down to the three because I do love walks and being with my pets. Those also help me petting my dogs. They are very therapeutic. Sometimes they're not, but most of the time they are. And if I had one message to women in their midlife is be kind to yourself, prioritize yourself. I know we live with a lot of guilt about insult, like feel, not wanting to feel selfish about taking care of ourselves. Even when I go to Pilates class, and that's just a new thing. I didn't used to really prioritize exercise because I didn't grow up that way. And taking care of myself is so important to me now because my mental health is a top priority. Otherwise, I'm not showing up as my best self in my relationships with my partner, my friendships, so my husband, my kids, and I want to break generational cycles. So telling the truth about how I really feel and how you really feel with love and grace is essential to creating the deep connections you want. And the other piece is I have and continue to work on weeding out, pruning, if you will, a friend of mine used that word, Raina, and I love that word, pruning out what I value most, which is deep, authentic, vulnerable, emotionally connected relationships. And if it doesn't fall in alignment with that, then I have to let it go and release it and grieve that. So showing up, prioritizing yourself, showing up as your true self, telling the truth with love and grace, and breaking through those generational patterns is what I want to say. Because when we can be free of what other people think about us, we can work through our fear of rejection or being judged or being abandoned. Then we free ourselves. We free ourselves. And there's no greater gift to give to yourself then to start nurturing and loving all the parts of yourself. So my little girl, my teenage self, my 20-year-old self, and start being who I really am. And self-awareness and self-discovery is the priority to freedom. Transparency is the path to freedom. And one of the things that I think is so important is feelings are not meant to be fixed. They are meant to be felt. 
There's no more empowerment. And I don't know who said that. So I would love to give credit to that, but I don't know who said it. One of my colleagues at Pathways said it and she doesn't remember who said it. So I'm just regurgitating it. Feelings don't need to be fixed. They need to be felt. And that's a wise woman and a wise soul. I really appreciated Kristen's insight and her willingness to share her thoughts on what it means to be a wise woman. And I just so enjoy talking to amazing wise women. And sometimes a theme emerges as I have conversations or sometimes just things show up in my life in ways that bring insight and impact how I work because of the information that I'm bringing in, that the universe is giving to me. And so I thought I'd talk a little bit about that today, about the trends that I'm seeing, things that I notice, things that I know to be true. And what I'm hearing from a lot of people, both people reaching out for help from me and other helpers that I am talking to, helpers and healers, that it's hard to be a woman who is a caregiver, is a helper, whether it's your career or just a part of who you are. Those of us that want to help, want to heal others, our intuitive souls, it can be a struggle to create the boundaries and the resources around ourselves to really support us because we want so much to help others that our own self-care gets left behind or left off the list or put at the end of the day when we're already so depleted and exhausted that there really isn't space to fully take care of us because we've given it all away. We've given it out to everyone else in our lives. And I know personally as a helper and healer, as a therapist and life coach, there is a part of me that wants to help everyone. There's a part of me that wants to say yes to every inquiry for uh, new client work or old clients coming back. And I can't. I cannot help everyone. Not everyone is a good fit for me and my practice, but to time-wise, emotionally, it's not feasible to give myself to everyone. But there's also a part of us, helpers and healers, that want to be the answer. We want to be the ones that can fix, that can make it better, that can be the solution. And the reality is we can't be someone else's solution. For someone to heal themselves, yes, they can get support. Yes, they can reach out for therapy and coaching or other healers, but they're the ones that are responsible for their own change, their own transformation, ultimately. 
And that's hard to let go of as a helper. That sense that we should be the ones that can fix. I think part of what I see also for women who are caregivers, women who have families and others who depend on them, women who are helpers in their careers, in their businesses, in their life, that there is a lot of struggle with and guilt when saying no. That there's somehow this expectation within ourselves that we need to be able to say yes to everyone. That anybody who needs help needs resources from us, we should say yes. And unfortunately, that just means if we are saying yes all the time, all of our energy is going outward. All of our energy is being put into others, others healing, others struggles, others needs. And very little space and energy is left for us. And that is just not sustainable. Personally, I have been in places where I was burnt out, feeling overwhelmed. I think leading up to and during the worst of the pandemic and COVID, I know I experienced that, but also... I worked in a hospital for 10 years as a crisis counselor for abuse survivors and victims. So childhood abuse, vulnerable adult abuse, sexual assault, domestic violence. And so a lot was needed from me. And I think there was a huge part of me that wanted to be available all the time at 100% of my capacity And it was a very solitary, lonely job. And I saw a lot of trauma that will stay with me forever. But I also realized after the fact that because I hadn't fully healed from my own trauma, that I was re-traumatizing myself probably every time I showed up for work. And that has taken a while to recognize, first of all, how impactful that job was on my psyche and my emotional and physical well-being. But going back to grad school and becoming a therapist, I think, opened my eyes as to the damage that it did. And not because of the job itself, but because... I wasn't doing the work of taking care of myself outside the job. I think I carried the people that I worked with day in and day out for years to come. And I have been working on healing from that as well as my own trauma too. And I think for those of us who are entrepreneurs and are our own bosses, that leads to potential burnout as well because there is this part of us that feels like we need to be always working in our business, always thinking, always planning the next thing, 
feeling compelled to create new things, working to be better business people or better helpers, helping more people in more ways, this idea that you always have to strive for more, that is a challenge because if you're always saying yes to new things, whether it's helping new people, learning new things, volunteering, saying yes to more work, more help, more care, when does that end? When is it good enough? When do we get to the place as entrepreneurs, as business owners, where we can say, what I've created is enough. What I've done is enough. And I know I have struggled with that for sure. I think I talked about that in blog posts that like the constant push forward has been overwhelming and at some times feels like a burden. And I've been burnt out from that too. You know, being a podcaster, a writer, a therapist, a coach. It's a lot. And I'm learning to prune, to let go of, to pull back from some of the things that I felt like I had to say yes to, that I felt drawn to say yes to. But so how do we know? When is it good enough? When is it okay to say, this is good. This is good enough. And that could be hard. Again, as an entrepreneur, I think we want our businesses to always be growing, but that takes a lot out of us too, because we are constantly giving to the business versus taking care of ourselves. So how do you know when you're in alignment with your life and your work? How do we know that feeling? How do we, how do we cultivate that alignment? So I want you to imagine a task or work or people, an event, something that you do in your life that creates excitement. You can feel the energy of positivity, but also sort of a lightness of this feels easy to do because I enjoy it so much. Where do you feel that in your body? How do you know that this is something that truly lights you up? And I want you to just be with that feeling for a moment when you're thinking about this thing. Feel what that energy is like in your body. Where does it land? Where is it that you're sensing that excited, positive energy of this thing? And now I want you to think about something that you do, something that you are obligated to do, something you have volunteered for, something you've said yes to that feels heavy, 
that feels difficult, that you procrastinate on, that you dread doing. And while you're thinking about that piece of work or a person that you engage with or something in your life that really feels hard and heavy, where do you experience that in your body? Is it a weight on your shoulders? Is it a feeling of like a pit in your stomach? Is it something that you avoid until you have to do it? And just notice how different that feels from the lightness, from the excitement, from the possibility of this other more exciting, more positive experience. And going through that exercise, I wonder if for you, you can use those feelings, whether it's the heaviness and and avoidance or the lightness and feeling engaged and more positively energetically aligned as a bellwether or a gauge for the tasks in your life right now, the things that you do today, whether it's your work, around your home, the relationships that you're in, And just use that as a gauge to determine, like, is this a thing, whatever it might be, that I want to bring more of into my life? Or is this something that I can let go of, shift in some way, maybe even walk away from? Is this something that needs to be in my life right now. I'm not saying this is easy. I am not saying this is a process that's going to come about like overnight where suddenly you're going to wake up tomorrow and everything that you do in your life is going to be great and easy and light-filled and energetically aligned. But as we bring more awareness to the things that do light us up, when our energy feels positive and excited and engaged versus avoidant and heavy and disengaged, can we use this as a tool to help us feel better aligned in our lives all the time? As I said, we have to do things we don't like to do. That's life. There are times when we're struggling and it feels heavy. That's life. But if we can bring more intentionality to the things that we do, like our work, our relationships, our life, the tasks we say yes to in our lives, if we can think about how this fills us up or depletes us, that can help us live in more alignment from our values from a place of knowing. 
because I believe things like this help us build our intuition, our inner knowing, our trust in ourselves that we're going to take care of us, that we will take care of ourselves. Because if we don't have that trust within, we can feel dysregulated all the time. We can feel disrupted all the time. If there are parts of us that think, oh no, she's just going to say yes to this thing that she hates to do. Here we go again. That's not a place of energetic alignment, right? Versus, ah, there she goes. She's saying yes to this thing that lights her up and she's excited and engaged. And this is really going to bring something positive into our life and to her life. Like that's a whole different experience. And as we practice this, as we get better at it, as we get better at knowing energetically how things lay inside us, how we are when we're engaged in these activities, we learn, it becomes easier, I believe, to say no, to create boundaries, to say yes to the things that fill us up. And that builds trust inside with ourselves and with the people that we're, we're engaged with, that we're in relationship with. Because if we're constantly saying no to everything, then people aren't going to want us to be around. But if we're always saying yes, even when we don't want to do it, then resentment builds. And people pick up on that. So that disrupts those relationships too. So I hope you will take this exercise into your life to gauge where your energy lies in the things that you do, in the people you're in relationship with, in your business, if you have one, in your work, in your life. Well, if you want to know more about this podcast, if you want to know more about working with me, if you want to be in the know for potentially free sessions that I offer, or know more about what it would be like to work with me, the cost, the investment of time and money, go to elizabethcushcoaching.com. You'll find out all you need to know there about working with me. And if you don't, you can sign up for a free consultation, 45 minutes talking with me via Zoom to talk about coaching. You can also sign up for the newsletter elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. Well, I look forward to connecting with you next time here on the podcast. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you back here soon. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.